It's Mondays with Mitch, so that means football talk, and we have a whole bunch to talk about today, including practice, quarterbacks in the draft, and a whole lot more. And of course, we're going to have some Googs tweets that we're going to go over and pick our Googs tweet of the week. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. I had one. Um, today's show is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. So We've made this part of our weekly segment. You know, we have Wednesday recruiting wrap up, Friday mailbag, and Mondays is always Mondays with Mitch. Mitch Wolf, staff writer for BC Bulletin, and he does a whole bunch of other things. How's it going? It's going good. I had a nice restful weekend, Um, you know, doing some more draft prep as always, Um, getting final touches put on some scouting reports for BC players. So it's an exciting time. All right. So speaking of Boston College, they had practice and I have to, first of all, apologize to all our listeners. I had um, last week said that I was going to go to practice this weekend and uh, Boston College changed their practice schedule. So I couldn't go. <laughs> they, they, they basically stopped having media availability for about an entire week up until the spring game. So I was kind of s out of luck and uh, I won't be able to talk about that. But I, I want to talk about some pictures that have come out of practice that are really interesting. And Mitch and I have had some thoughts about them. And what they are is they've shown the offense. You see Phil Dracovic back there. You see a lot of four wideout sets. Something I don't believe we saw a lot of last year under Frank Signetti, but John McNulty, he said that he's going to change up this offense a little bit. We've seen a little bit about more about it. Mitch, what are kind of your thoughts and, and concerns or anything that you want to talk about with this maybe possible new look to the offense? I'll get my concerns out of the way first. So the big variable is that, the guy you talked about on last week's show, Jack Conley is, you know, him progressing as the left tackle, because if this offense is going to shift to a more wide open attack with more receivers on the field and spreading the field, you're basically going to be putting Phil Dracovic at a higher risk because you're relying on the offensive line themselves to be better in pass protection, which is something where Jack Conley really struggled last year. And if he improves in that, then that's great. They can move on as they plan. But if he's not, then that's a problem. And the good news is if there's some issues early in the season, they can make some adjustments and bring more tight ends into the protection, use the running backs better. That's somewhere where the running backs also really struggled last year. They were not very good in pass protection. Um, But I think part of that might've been, you know, they were kind of rotating three backs. So maybe now that they're down to two main guys that might improve a little bit with regards to the positives, I'm a big fan of this for the reason that the wide receivers that are at, at the points in the depth chart where they are Zay flowers, Jalen, Gill and Jaden Williams, and then guys like Atashi Johnson or Lewis Bond or even Xavier Coleman. Getting those guys in the field, in my mind, is better than having more of the George Takases and the Joey Lucchetti's on the field because they're obviously just going to be more dynamic. And in addition, when you do spread the field that way, in my mind, it actually opens up the run game a little more because 
you assume that BC is going to have a good run blocking offensive line. You bring back guys like uh, Christian Mahogany, you know, Drew Kendall was one of the highest recruits in program history. You have experienced players like Finn Durstein, Ozzy Trapilo, and then Jack Conley, like as previously mentioned, that they're going to be taking roles as well. You assume this offensive line is going to be able to block for the run well. And when you spread out the defense like that, it makes it easier to run in between the tackles actually because the bodies are, there's less of them and they're smaller. So if you think about, you know, if you, I, I like this approach because this is what I use in games like Madden and play football is that it's easier to run when you spread out the defense and there's less defenders in the box. So I think for guys like Garwo and Sinkfield, that will actually make their jobs a lot easier. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in seeing. It seems like last year, especially now that, you know, when Grossell was down, it felt like it almost went back to Adazio style football mm-hmm. where they were just jamming the box and saying, go ahead, try to, f- you got a quarterback that can't do anything. Yeah. And, you know, I think even with Dracovic in 2020, there still was, you know, a lot of bigger personnel out there to, to map, you know, to act, make sure that he stayed blocked and all that good stuff. Now, do you think this kind of setup will work well with Dracovic's skill set? That's the other quote problem I might have in that when you are running an offense with a lot more wide open concepts and you have that, you have less bodies or fewer bodies in to protect the passer you're generally going to move toward throwing the ball quicker and throwing it shorter. And Phil Dracovic does a lot of things very well. I would say one of his biggest flaws at this point in his career is his consistency and his accuracy in throwing short, which is something that, you know, it seems like it should be players should just naturally be better at. But I think that his kind of, you know, last year, obviously missing a lot of time, not developing as much chemistry with the receivers. That was something that suffered is that, you know, when he has to get the ball out quick, you know, he kind of the ball can like it'll fall short. It'll go over the receiver's head. It's just that consistency of placement is not there yet. Um, and so there's a lot of things that go into that, you know, footwork, the way your hips are moving, um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think him getting some more reps uh, in practice and, you know, say ideally staying healthy the whole season, I think that should help it a little bit. Um but that's something to keep an eye on as well. And, you know, I mean, with regards to getting this many receivers on the field, I mean, going back to even like when I started really paying attention to BC football closely as a student in 2013, like I could probably count on the number of, I could probably count on one hand, the number of times BC has had four wide receivers and no tight ends in the field, because they just have never had that kind of offense since, you know, the first Daz year, it's always been at least one tight end on the field and usually two. Now, my question for you is going back to Dracovic a little bit too. Now, if he is successful at this, this seems like it would, kind of check off a uh, a possible um, negative or concern about him. This could actually help him become more of a well-rounded quarterback in the eyes of the NFL, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, last year, especially towards the last, the last like few games where he was back, but you could tell he wasn't 100%. You could, I think if you watch those games knowing that he had that hand and wrist injury, it makes it clears up a lot of questions because, you know, balls would fall short. He was inaccurate in the short area as well. And I think if you, you know, get him fully healthy with regards to that hand, that's going to mitigate a lot of the issues that we saw towards the end of the year. But, you know, that was still an issue in 2020 when he was fully healthy. You know, there were a lot of, a lot of times he like his screen passes were really bad, which is something that should be easy. So I'm hoping that, you know, this kind of new offense will, you know, focus on getting him better in that area, because that's something that you really need to be consistently good at in the NFL, because if you can't, if you're relying on just completing deep bombs down the field, that's nice and all, but it's not, that's just not going to happen as consistently. So NFL teams are going to want to see him succeed in completing short passes. Cause that's just the basis of a lot of you know, NFL offenses today. And now my final question might not even 
you may not know the answer, but I'm wondering, you know, it seemed under Signetti and I, I actually kind of dug it at times. He, he, it was, you know, he, he was all about ball control and taking, taking time off the clock and really kind of making long sustained drives going with more of this open set. Is it more beneficial for Boston college to go more tempo on that? Or is it still kind of the same and you kind of just roll with what you have? Well, a lot more wide open offense in terms of more wide receivers doesn't necessarily mean it's going to change the tempo. Like I don't really foresee BC going true hurry up like an air raid team or anything. Um, and I don't really anticipate them doing what a lot of offenses do in college football today, where they go to the line and then the quarterback and all the players look to the sideline for like the play call change. Then they like adjust the play call. Then they, and then, you know, the quarterback does a hard count and then they check with the last sideline again. They're not going to do that. Like teams like Ole Miss and uh, you know, Baylor and, Uh, North Carolina did like, they're not going to do stuff like that. Like it's going to be a true, like, all right, send the play call in. That's the play call. You know, maybe you make some, a a few adjustments here and there, but you're not, you know, doing all these pre-snap adjustments. And I don't think it's going to be the, the weird, like late does where it's like, get to the line quickly or what, what it was a very weird things they did with tempo where they would like get to the line quickly and then like, wait, then like run the play clock down to two or whatever. So I don't think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like a pretty normal thing. Um, I just think that the way they're attacking defenses might be a little more diverse. So, and, you know, with these players, now you have some guys that you may be more comfortable with as being, you know, okay, this is the guy we're going to use to exploit specific matchups in the defense, whether that is Zay Flowers or Jalen Gill, or even a guy like Xavier Coleman, like, honestly, like I could see him being an interesting like hybrid player where they can line him up in the backfield on some plays and line him up out wide in others. Yes, Coleman was what you actually took my question before I asked. He seems like a guy that they're going to try to figure out a way to get on the field this year and has a, a skill set that they could do a whole bunch of different things with. Do you have any other ideas of how they might use him? Um, I mean, last year I said I was I was kind of hoped that they should get him involved in the running game more. And that, that didn't lead to his injury, but the injury happened. So but then when he came back in the lineup, he was a big part of the running game. So, yep. you know, given how much of a beating he took at the end of the year because of that, I imagine they're at least going to try to teach him to slide. You know, I, I, going back at his background, I don't think he actually played baseball unlike a lot of quarterbacks. So that is not necessarily as awesome just yet. So if they are going to have him run, I really hope they do teach him how to slide better. Oh, sorry. I was asking about Coleman, but that's Dracovic. So. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. So uh, we actually have to, we have to step out for the next mo- uh, segment, but in a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft, which is coming up. And we've talked at length about Zion Johnson and some of the other recruits uh, prospects coming up. I'm going to talk to him about some of the other players because it is more of a general draft discussion. I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Now I love it. And I hate those buzzer beaters, the drama, but Oh, the pain when you're on the other side of it, that's what happened to me with the Duke and at UNC game. I needed Duke to win. Didn't happen. While stat heroes, NCAA game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling, take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players, you know, best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. The stat hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because stat hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. They have dozens of lineups. Hey, the national championships coming up. You can, you can pick, Duke or you, um, Kansas players, check it out on Stat Hero. Sim- simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. Now, head on over to Stat Hero right now and go to stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a hundred percent deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a hundred percent 
100% match. Sathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions do apply. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Hope you are all doing well. Uh, this is our Monday episode. We're heading into spring football week. And then after spring football, it's going to be all NFL draft discussion as we start to get closer to the NFL draft. We'll be talking on this show about baseball, uh, recruiting, all sorts of good stuff. So you want to make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, Make sure you do that right now. Now, Mitch and I, um, we've talked about BC draft prospects for a couple of weeks now, and you probably got tired. You're probably tired of listening to us talk about Zion Johnson. I mean, I could talk to him about him for another couple episodes, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, one of the, if you've listened to me, I'm also the Wednesday co-host on Locked on ACC. I've had discussions about the quarterbacks, not just the ACC quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks in general. And I'm curious, this is the first year that I think of in a while that there hasn't been like a, a number one quarterback. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no, uh, I mean, you go back, you know, uh, Burrows. there's no Joe Burrows. none of that stuff. Uh, but Mitch, what are your thoughts about the quarterbacks heading into this draft? Yeah, this is not a good class in more ways than one. I mean, this is reminiscent of, I believe it was 2013 when EJ Manuel was a first round pick. Um, the 2011 draft, which outside of Cam Newton and like every other player, because that draft was historically stacked at every other position. But guys like Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Blake and Blaine Gabbert going in the top half of the first round. Uh, it's more like that because there's really no none of these quarterbacks should be first round picks just based on their tape their athletic testing all that jazz but just because they're quarterbacks they will be drafted uh, you know higher than they should be usually when you're kind of putting together big boards or putting together mock drafts wherever you have a quarterback evaluated in terms of like ranking in the class usually want to try to bump them up between like 30 to 45 picks in terms of where he's where he ranks and where he's going to get picked so that's why you're going to see guys like Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett probably still go in the first round okay so do you have a favorite in this group so not really, because I really don't like that many of them. And the other thing is that like a lot of like, unlike a lot of other classes, like there is no depth in this class in terms of like the later rounds. Like there are about eight guys that I would say deserve to be drafted. And then none after that really should be drafted there. They will be, but it would, it's, I think it's a waste of a pick, but anyways, um, I, I'm kind of in a minority in that I actually like Sam Howell a lot. And part of it was that because I, I watched his I watched a good bit of his 2020 tape where he was a really good player. And I did watch some of his 2021 tape and it's obviously bad. But if you look at what happened, like the offensive line just super regressed. He lost all of his weapons. So he had to kind of create a lot on his own. And their offense is um it's very elementary, it's very high school, it's all RPOs basically. But I really do like Sam Howell's potential. I I think that he could become a franchise quarterback, but there are still a good amount of warts to him that you need to work out and like a lot of the quarterbacks in this class, I think he would be benefited by sitting for at least a year. Um, but I, I think I like him a lot more than most of the other people in like the draft Twitter space. All right. So my last question, and then we're going to get to our coach Googs tweet of the week. Kenny Pickett. What is your, what is your takeaway on Kenny Pickett? So Kenny Pickett is, it's funny, like in terms of his career narrative arc and to a less extent, but somewhat still similar, uh, his skill set he, I've said this a bunch of different ways, but he kind of reminds me of a low calorie Joe Burrow or, you know, a diet Joe Burrow or what have you, because the ways that Pickett is able to succeed in terms of accuracy, not necessarily, you know, great arm strength, but, you know, 
getting receivers, getting the ball to receivers on time. Those ways are similar. Pickett may be a, a little bit better of an athlete and Burrow is much better in like just navigating the pocket. That's what really makes him elite. But I mean, Pickett can def. I think of the quarterbacks in this class, he is definitely one of the few that is going to be able to start immediately because he ran like an NFL style offense at Pitt, you know, even though it was a few different kinds of offenses, but like a lot of these other guys like ran, like I said, elementary offenses where they would turn the sideline, get the play call and do all that stuff like Pickett and uh, Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati, both ran like real offenses. Like they are, would be ready to play in the NFL, you know, as wherever they get drafted. I, you know, I don't think they're going to be either going to be great quarterbacks immediately, but I think that they could be, you know, average, you know, top 20 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And the problem is like, okay, well, where do you value guys that are, you know, essentially a Kirk cousins type, you know, do they do, should you still take them in the first round? So I think Pickett is, he should be able to do decently well in the NFL. I just don't think he, he lacks the elite physical traits that are necessary to make you a, you know, a superstar quarterback in this league. So it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're a team that like, going into next year, like the giants that have no chance at all already mm-hmm. in the jets. I don't know. Maybe not the jets, but if you're looking at a team like that, would it be more beneficial for a team like the giants? Who I think they have two first round picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like to stack up on good offensive linemen, good ta- defensive ends. Cause they're, they're, they're out there and that's where a lot of the talent is. And then punt to next year to get their quarterback. Cause it seems like next year between, you know, Dracovic and Bryce CJ Stroud, Bryce CJ Stroud. Yep. Yeah, there's a ton of really good prospects next year. Would you, would, is that what you think a, a good GM should be thinking about? I agree with that. And it, it does help that this class is it's heavy at the top with edge rushers, cornerbacks, and offensive tackles, which are positions that teams are very willing to invest uh, high draft picks in. The other thing to look at is if you look at a lot of the teams that when they entered free agency, they you know maybe needed a quarterback and might've been in contention for acquiring one of these guys in this draft. Look at what they've done. Like look at teams like the Steelers, uh, the Colts, the um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on some of the other ones. Browns. The, yeah. Well, yeah, the Browns in, in a way um, and teams like that, that, you know, Oh, maybe they will Broncos. take us, but Bron- Broncos. Yep. They, these teams have made a big and small transitions. Like, you know, that you mentioned the Broncos, they made a huge trade to get Russell Wilson Steelers. They signed Mitchell Trubisky. None of these, none of the teams in the, in the draft are desperate at the quarterback position. They don't need to draft any one of these guys. And I think that that strategy was done for teams like the Steelers for teams, even kind of like the Seahawks that they could draft a quarterback, but they don't need to. And if they do, they could be comfortable sitting them. So for guys like Malik Willis uh, and like uh, Matt Corral or Sam Howell, they can sit for a year and they don't need to play immediately. So I think that that should indicate to people that, the NFL doesn't, they know what this draft is. They teams are going to overdraft these players as they always do. But I think the NFL is looking, definitely looking forward to next year where the quarterback class seems to be much better. All right, Mitch, thank you for your thoughts on that. Now let's have some fun here. It's time to talk about coach Googs. Now, if you have not been following along, this is our coach Googs tweet of the week. And coach Googs is the offensive line coach for Boston college. And he tweets about big dogs. So last week we had our first big dog of the week. Um, and it's, it's basically us reenacting some of his, his tweets. And I have to say last week, we picked some decent ones, but it seems like coach Googs kind of took it to a whole other level this week, Mitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could say he ascended to a higher plane, right? 
Uh, and this week, I there was probably about 12 that I wanted to use because Mitch and I text back and forth. And I'm like, oh, my God, did you read it? What do you want to put up now? But I think we both picked solid ones that are that are top top of his top of his game tweets. So, Mitch, I'll let you go first this time. Yeah, I'll go first because I think we have, we have to close with yours because it's it's definitely the better of the two. But this one's still pretty good. So the original tweet is from Growing Up Italian at Growing Up Italia, if you want to fall. And it's a picture. It's a Sylvester Stallone Rocky Four in 1985 Italian flag emoji race car emoji. And it's a picture of Sylvester Stallone uh, sitting kind of on the back of a what I imagine would be. Oh, it's a, a Lamborghini Countach, I think. Yeah. And he's got a adidas like sweat track suit on with the italian flag colors and anyways it's it's a it's a pretty cool picture i'll, I'll say that but the quote the tweet from Gouge reads <clears throat> you said it 100 hashtag big dog ring watch sweatsuit car the boxing footgear might be pushing it but if you got all that quirky footgear is the least of your concern think about it he's about to train in siberia then topple communism it just screams hashtag big dog that was that was a good one. And I had to say, in terms of like celebrities, he also had one up from Frankie Valley uh, earlier in the week. He also had one up from Elvis. So he's he's really hitting some of the obscure old. He's di- he's diversifying his portfolio of big dogs. OK, so speaking of diversifying the the, yeah, the, the big dogs here, uh, it was National Women's Day, I believe. Uh, last week, I, if I remember correctly, because there was a picture of him holding up signs with Jeff Halfley and a couple other people. But this was on National Women's Day. And he tweeted out a picture of the Virgin Mary holding Jesus with angels all around them. Uh, so it's a painting probably from the Renaissance or around then. And it says, as BC's campus celebrates women, all in caps, let us reflect on Mary, the mother of Jesus, the late Pope St. John Paul II, consistently expressed reverence to Mary for her unselfish devotion and sacrifice, calling her the mother of the church. Now that's one big dog praising a big dog. <laughs> I, I This one killed me. I, I, I was like, he's calling Mary the, a big dog. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this it's, it ha- I'm pretty sure it's a compliment, but it, you definitely <laughs> just don't see people tweeting like this very often. It was truly, I also like, and I don't know if this is technically uh correct but he capitalizes the h in her which i thought that was reserved for god i didn't know that that extended to mary but yeah that was an interesting addition or change that i wasn't sure if was uh church teaching but whatever (laughs) so mitch and i are going to continue doing these because they're absolutely hilarious and until they they get tired until we get tired of doing them we're going to do this every monday so mitch where can people find you on social media you can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, we should have some scouting reports on BC players coming out this week. Uh, last week, we had Zion Johnson, Alec Lindstrom's. Uh, we should have some more offensive players coming out this week. And also, I'll be trying to preview some teams that I uh, predict will be taking some of the BC football players that are coming up. We're officially in draft month. I think it's about it's about uh, 25 days until the first round starts in Las Vegas. So, uh, like I said, it's an exciting time. All right. Thank you, Mitch. In a moment, we're going to get into all the news of the weekend, including a basketball women's basketball star heading into the transfer portal. Baseball loses two out of three and much more. Now, our our friends over at BetOnline, they're your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including this week's Masters Championship, the NCAA Finals that are tonight, and everything in between, including Major League Baseball, which is kicking off this week as well. 
Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Thank you all again for listening. And if you haven't already, make Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning. I put this out 3 o'clock in the morning every evening. I schedule it for 3 o'clock in the evening. So that when you wake up in the morning, whether you're cooking breakfast, you're in uh, commuting to work, you're taking a walk the dog for the morning, you can listen to Locked On Boston College. So hit that subscribe button and make us part of your daily routine. Now, this weekend... There was uh, practice at BC, as I said earlier. They had a scrimmage. There wasn't really much to take out of it. I feel like every um, they, they don't let the press in, but every press report that they allow out is the same thing. It's like passes to Zay Flowers and Jaden Williams. This player made a few – like, and it's all the same names over and over again. So there's not really much to glom out of that. But Saturday is the um, spring game, so hopefully we'll get to see some of those players. I'm really excited to see, like, Taji Johnson – and Bryce Steele play. Those are two names I'm really excited to see. And some of those safeties as well. Uh, Cole Batson, I'd love to see what he's able to do. Uh, some, um, And then maybe some of the offensive linemen. But that was one piece I wanted to get bring up. Now, women's basketball. This has not been confirmed yet, but a major um, news outlet, Mitchell Northrum, who writes about women's basketball, tweeted out that um, Cam Schwartz has entered the transfer portal. Now, she was one of the – she was – BC's leading scorer last year. She really became uh, one of the stars on that team. She was a really good shooter. She shot outside as well. I'm not sure what's going on with that. She had one more season available, so she's going to go someplace else. But it's a big loss for BC. Now they have some a lot. They have a lot of talent coming in. Mo- most likely, the biggest name is going to be the six-five center. Ali Carmen, a four-star center out of New Jersey. Now, Joanna McNamee obviously puts a lot of emphasis on her bigs. So that's going to be a big-time watch. I mean, 6-5 when women's basketball, that's huge. She, she could be a real big matchup problem. So, you know, it stinks that Schwartz is le- uh, possibly leaving. Again, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but this is something we're going to have to keep an eye out. Now, baseball also played this weekend, and – uh, I had a whole discussion about how bad it was going to look, but they actually pulled off a win against Wake Forest. However, they lost two out of three to Wake. Uh, they Their pitching looked atrocious the first two games, uh, letting up 15 runs on Friday and 20 runs on Saturday. They only let up six runs on Sunday. So uh, that is an ERA of uh, 11, I think, for the weekend, uh, which is around where they're averaging at. So, one win, they had a walk-off win on fr- on Sunday. I, I don't know. You know, I could talk about baseball on the show, but no one ever listens to it when I advertise the people. You know, it. no one seems to care. So they have two uh, weekday games. They have the Beanpot game on Tuesday against Northeastern, and then they play Quinnipiac on Wednesday. And then they play the red-hot Pittsburgh Panthers um, at home next weekend. So we'll have to wait and see what's going on with this team. I mean, the pitching staff has an ERA over 11 for against ACC opponents. It's not very good. Now I talked about beast on our, our website, bcbolton.com in terms of recruiting talk. There were some big time recruits on campus last weekend. None bigger than um, Khalil Ali, a four-star safety, Antonio Crotman, a well sought after cornerback. And Andrew Rappel, yeah, was allegedly on campus too. I haven't been able to confirm that, but he just flipped his commitment from Michigan to Penn State. So I think he's pretty much going to land at Penn State. I've heard all along that that was his big time uh, end game was to end at Penn State. So they found a spot for him. He's going to end up there. But 
we'll have recruiting talk throughout throughout the week. If there's any news that come up, any new names, I have an article up on Ryan Puglisi, a quarterback from Avon Farms, old Avon Farms. I'm sorry, I got mistaken on that on the on the web on Twitter earlier. Um, class of 2024, who has offers from BC, Connecticut, Ole Miss. He's you know a, a good name and someone that BC I think is in really good shape with. I have an interview with him open to everybody. It's free for everyone up on bcbulletin.com. So make sure to check that out. Well, thank you all for listening to today's show. On tomorrow's show, we're going to get into more football talk. We'll get into anything that breaks over the day because it's always stuff I can talk about. And anything that you have, you can always shoot to me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or head to our forum at maroonandgoldforums.com and we'll see you there. Thank you all for listening. Take care.